Hey everybody, welcome to Game Off Podcast. This is episode 46. Today we're talking about Outrider's sloppy launch and how some games maybe should have offline modes. We're also <laughs> we're also going to have a nice showcase this week. We got Bowser's Fury and Loop Hero. I'm your host today, Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia, a.k.a. RPGG, a.k.a. other shit, along with... <laughs> Andy, a.k.a. Solitalker, a.k.a. the Funk Master General, a.k.a. Rowdy, <laughs> Rowdy Diaper. <laughs> uh, I think our branding is a bit of a mess. Uh... <laughs> This is the best I could do on short notice. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to yes and you here, and it just it doesn't work sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's that's why we call you Yes Andy, huh? Oh shit, that's much better than Rowdy Roddy Diaper. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll take uh, commissions on that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, we're, we're we're not talking about Outriders today. We're gonna note it. Um, we're we're gonna note that this the game came out April first. Big launch, really popular. Uh, People Can Fly launched it. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you know much about the gameplay in in the game? Not a ton. I've unfortunately, the, what I've seen a bit has been much more about the always on aspect <laughs> than about the game itself. Yeah, yeah. My my impressions of it have been sort of that it's like uh, sci-fi division two. Uh, that's that's sort of the the gist I've gotten from watching it, which may not be appealing to my, to dear dear yes Andy here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, everyone's just seems to be talking about how they just can't play the game. Servers are crashing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's no offline mode whatsoever, and that's objectively shitty, but we're not going to harp on that. Today, we're going to dive deep into our memory banks and uh, remember other games that we've played that have been equally shoddily launched and maybe should have had some offline modes. You had mentioned a game before we started today. Andy, would you like to talk about that? Yeah, I would. Uh, well, there's two things that I'm kind of remember. I remember getting GTA V and that requiring online activation every time you booted up the story mode. Oh, yeah. That was the PC launch, right? Yeah, that was the PC launch, which was awful. Other games with similar ones like that, like the Just Cause series that do online connections and hitman i think which are both at the time published by square enix mm. so that was kind of par for the course <laughs> assassin's creed had that i think assassin's creed 2 and the the assassin's creed 2 trilogy on the early days of you play oh yeah especially during that like really fucking awkward steam launching you play launching assassin's creed yeah land of of gaming which was just horrible <laughs> but the thing i remember that that online connections for gaming really uh, takes me back to was a time in the 2000s when Ubisoft tried a new business model of ad-supported games. Do you remember this? Uh, No, not really. Which games? The only two I remember playing, and I tried both of them, were Prince of Persia Sands of Time and a first-person shooter I think called Area 51, but not the Area 51 from the arcade. Okay. And we're, we're talking alternate versions, like, of the the other... Ver- alternate versions with ads, correct? Or was it the the only it version the, that launched? You no, know, this, this was an alternate scheme that they had tried mm. that required you to be online while playing these games. And if you went online, offline at any time, it disconnected you. Uh, and their servers were really spotty and shitty. And 
after each level, you had to sit and watch a couple ads. What was the value of doing this? Did you save money? The game was the game was free. Oh, okay. The game was free. You could download Prince of Persia, and this was like I think two years after Sands of Time had actually launched. Oh, yeah. Okay. You could download it for free, but you could only like save and finish levels by watching ads, and the servers were glitchy as shit <laughs> and did not work. And that's just my my that was my first experience with with a requiring online connection. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other one, fucking Diablo three. That oh, Diablo yeah. three launch was so garbage. Even if you were playing single player, yeah, for sure, that I do remember. Oh man, yeah, yeah. This is this has been and and the other one um, was fucking Pokemon Go, which there's no need for that to have a constant all, online connection. Yeah. Yeah, but they they always cite cheaters when they talk about this, and most recently it was like, <laughs> uh, was it Blizzard's like old old school classics bundle, and that that has to connect to the internet <laughs> for you to use it? Because God forget God forbid people cheat in twenty year old games that no one actually gives a fuck about. We can't have people hacking Lost Vikings for speedrunning yeah. <laughs> records. Like that's not that's not okay. That's not what people are here for. <laughs> Yeah, they like these Activision execs must think we are just the dumbest fucking people on earth. It, Activision does it so much more more than I think anyone else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like Warcraft Three Reforged now is just an absolute fucking mess because of it. Um, I I like that you say that like Warcraft Three Reforged launched very cleanly <laughs> and had no, no issues. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's just a can of worms. I, I don't think we have the time to go over. What a fucking mess. Yeah, uh, like, I remember, um, like, Destiny 2, I guess, is another Activision game that basically you would play, you could do solo missions, but you obviously had to be connected all the time. And so, like, through the launch, it was just like, you'd get constantly disconnected in the middle of missions. So it's not even like... Like, it needed to connect before and after missions. It'd be, like, right in the middle of a mission. You'd be halfway through, <laughs> and then you'd be, like, these cute names for errors would pop up, and then it'd just disconnect you entirely. Like, oh, error code, Razorback. Look online to see what the, the issue is. And then you'd fucking go online and look up the issues. And it's like, our servers are down. It's like, just fucking tell me that. What a fuck. Fuck off. Because <laughs> they're really hoping that you don't look and don't <laughs> see that it's just like, oh, yeah, we fucked up your game because our servers went down and we literally never thought that this was a possibility. So we have no like we have no way of handling this. We didn't think this through when we had 10 QA people playing the game. We had 100 percent server uptime. So we don't know what's going on right now, guys. Like we're out, completely out of our depths. It, it shocks me. And this happens, like, with every major release. There's this moment of, like, why our servers can't handle it? Yeah. We didn't expect the new you know, entry in this exceedingly popular game series to be so popular. <laughs> like, it's shocking how this keeps happening every time. And there's no, there's no recourse or recompense for the people who bought the game and can't play it. Yeah. Yeah, and like, so like, I'm sort of in the, the achievement community too a lot, so I, I, I see a lot of these older games that have like achievements tied to doing online content and all this dumb shit, and you know, as soon as the server goes down for that game, and a lot of times if it's fucking EA or Activision, it's two years after the game comes out, it's like suddenly you can't get the achievements for half the fucking game, so like, that sucks, um, 
another another thing that I was thinking about throughout all this was like the PlayStation Store. Like most of their consoles are their online stores are going down this summer. So like really yeah so uh, you didn't hear about this? No, I didn't. I didn't hear that. Uh, PS3, Vita, and I don't know if PSP. No, not the Vita. Uh, I mean, you say that, but now I gotta fucking. Find my Vita wherever the guy, wherever the hell it is, and make sure I download all the games that I bought for it um, on the God knows, like probably four gigabit hard gigabyte hard drive. So like, it's just <laughs> I, I don't don't make things connect to the internet. Maybe maybe we're we've reached the end of another cycle point where we just need to go back to physical media a hundred percent of the time. I know that's like a problem on some platforms. Like Microsoft still has a like a, this stupid um, clause where you can only you have to manufacture a minimum amount of retail copies or physical copies, which is why Limited Run Games doesn't publish for uh, Xbox. Oh, I did not know that's why. Huh? Yeah, I think you need to to have like at least ten thousand physical versions, and like Limited Run, they do not. <laughs> I don't think they ship 10,000 single <laughs> of anything. So, yeah. <laughs> Rocking a hard point with the digital era here, which I, I think we had an episode about not long ago, too. <laughs> and I think, and we may have talked about it at that point then, uh, it's just awful for preservation as well. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing, I think it was uh, Lazy Game Reviews tried to do a review of Dark Spore. If you remember that game? Uh, yeah, was it, like, it was Spore's sequel, right? Yes, yeah, that the kind of RPG sequel to Spore. Yeah, yeah. And he just, he couldn't get past the title screen. <laughs> so you, you just can't, like, you can't find footage of that game, because it yeah. was, you know, kind of pre-people, you know, people at home really having capture rigs and capture setups. Oh, my God. So you've just got all of games like that and other games that there's just no archival effort for. You can't play them, you can't have them in any kind of like gaming museum or gaming library as a actual like library. Yeah. It's just like, Oh yeah, sorry. Um, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not making money off this game anymore. And not only do we not want to host it, but we don't even like the idea that you could be playing it. <laughs> we won't even give you the tools. And especially in the games where there, there doesn't need to be a, an online validation. Yeah. You're just forcing it to happen. You're not, hosting the data anywhere you just want to check to make sure i i paid for this game that you don't even sell anymore so yeah. who fucking cares make sure you're not cheating at that single player game too yeah well uh the, the future is bright for for the digital era can't wait till destiny's unplayable at some point in the future yeah. and speaking of games that are going to be unplayable at some point in the future and are bad for archiving can I talk to you briefly about Super Mario World or Super Mario 3D Land and Bowser's Fury? <laughs> yes, please. Please do. I thought that was a good spot for a segue. <laughs> that was actually fucking perfect. <laughs> <laughs> do tell, Andy. <laughs> so, way back in, I don't know, a while ago, for the Wii U, so you guys all remember when that happened back in, like, what, 2013? Um, sure. Uh, there, there was a game release called Super Mario 3D World. And you can remember that it's 3D World and not 3D Land, because Land is the series of games on the handheld, and World is the series of games on the console, except for all the ones that don't fit either of those descriptions, like uh. New Super Mario Brothers, which was on both. So, 
I don't know why Nintendo bothers trying with these cute little tropes of how to name their games, but whatever. I'm crying blood right now. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Please just wait. I, I'm going to somehow go into the, the Kingdom Hearts timeline next. <laughs> no, no. And then... <laughs> Please. Just <laughs> start like you'll get actual stigmata. You'll... <laughs> so they released this game and they sold like six copies because that's how many Wii U's were out. But it was supposed to be really good. So as part of their forced forced artificial scarcity tactic to get people to buy games and get FOMO for digital goods that they literally could sell an infinite number of copies of because it's just bits, they re-released this during this 35-year anniversary Mario thing. And it's fine. It's a fun game. It's very 2.5D Mario-esque, but... None of that's important. Go listen to episode negative 286 that we recorded in 2013 <laughs> to hear me talk all about that game then. <laughs> uh, what it, they did also is they just released another game with it, a brand new game called Bowser's Fury. It's rather than being a side-scrolling Mario game, it is now a third-person uh, in the style of like Odyssey or Super Mario 64 or the other ones that are that that perspective. Hmm. Uh, it's a brand new game released for this 35th Mario 35th anniversary release thing that they did. And I, I I don't know what prompted them to do it, but it is it is exactly what all Mario games should be going forward. It is very short <laughs> and it is very straightforward with what it's doing. Hmm. The general premise is you are Mario, and you have arrived at a lake vacation that Bowser and Bowser Jr. were on. Bowser had promised Bowser Jr. a wonderful day at the lake, but then he just fucking roid-raged out and turned it into some gigantic black-covered, you know, like, the... I, I can't think of the right term for it. The only thing I can think of is, do you ever watch <laughs> Pirates of Dark Water, the cartoon? No. Okay, well then that reference is going to make sense to about six people. But like this this gross black ooze over the top of the lake water and covering Bowser. Oh, it's like he turns the into this, like, Venom symbiote. Yeah, there we go. That's a, that's a much more modern and useful <laughs> reference than the stuff from Pirates of Dark Water. <laughs> yes. The, the Venom symbiote is just covering this lake. And it's a lake that's also full of cat shit. Oh. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> okay. okay. And Bowser is fucking huge, like 20, 30 times his normal size. And he is just pissed off constantly and hanging out in this symbiote of anger that's covering this lake. Oh. And Bowser Jr. is like, this sucks. I just wanted to hang out with my dad. Um, <laughs> did, wh you know, why did he go fly into a rage? Did somebody ask him to wear a mask at Disney World? <laughs> <laughs> or you know what let's go with that canonically that's what happened perfect and, and so Bowser Jr. is sad and he can't hang out with his dad cats in the cradles playing everyone's <laughs> feeling really bad for him and he comes up to Mario and he communicates by painting like these little pictures of what happened of like oh my dad got mad and then the symbiote came and can you help me Mario <laughs> and Mario's like sure let's do it it's awesome the the layout of the game are these little islands that you unlock and that appear floating in the lake. Mm. And each one is kind of like a level from a 3D Mario game. 
And if you remember from ones like Odyssey or um, Galaxy or others where they would reuse the same area for different levels. Mm. So like that you'd have like four challenges you needed to complete in an area and you just keep going into it and they'd move a couple of things around or they'd start you off at a different point and maybe now this time there's a boss you need to fight or this time there's a race you need to do, yeah. but it's all essentially the same level. They do the same thing here with these island structures. And every time each uh, island structure has five of these little cat medallions, cat shines, they call them, <laughs> okay. that you need to get to fully light up its lighthouse. And so every time you return to it and you get a cat shine, you leave. And when you come back, it's now just morphed itself into the stage you need to get to the second cat shine and the third and the fourth and the fifth. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a neat little... It's a neat little way to do that because you're never entering or leaving a level with a loading screen. Mm. You're just constantly in this overworld. And as you go, you make your way to another island, it's now at whatever configuration it needs to be to be the next challenge you need to defeat. And then once you defeat that, you can just kind of like walk away and turn your back, almost like you're waiting for cars to respawn in GTA. Like Uh, you walk 10 feet away, you turn around. Oh, hey, look, there there it is again. Okay. Really well done. The the thing that I think works really well about it is that it is extremely, like, it's like Mario in the raw. Like, you took hmm. Mario, uh, like a 3D Mario game, and just boiled it down to its core components. Your The levels are really tight because they're just about these courses that you're running. So there's not a lot of, like, run around and explore this area and talk to all the NPCs. Mm. No, like, here it is. Here's the course you need to run to get that cat shine. Here's the course that you need to to run to find the five things that will make that cat shine appear. Or here's the area where you need to kill all the guys in it within this time frame, and then the cat shine will, like, it's all very challenge-based. Okay. And just, there it is, go. And because it's that very discreet and there's five of them every time, it just feels so much more, um, it it just feels more driven. There's not that go back to the spaceship in the sky and watch the star appear and see Mario go, ha ha, and give a thumbs up. And (laughs) you've got 49 out of 150. Will you want to save your game now? Which level do you want to go to next? Run to the hut, go in the thing, wait for it to load, go in the sky, select the thing, go there. Are you sure you want to go loading? Like it's not, Hmm. all of that's gone. I didn't need to explain it all that much, but... (laughs) I yeah, fucking hate the running around in those games. I, I, I think they did a good job of doing away with a lot of it in Odyssey. Because you could get most of the... Uh, shit, what, what was it in those games? Moons? The moons, yeah, yes. Yeah, you can get a lot of the moons without it like loading you out of the level. But I think a, a few of the like the main story ones that may like change the landscape, sort of like what you're describing, like it would... Yes. It would load you out just for that exact reason. So... Yeah. My- Imagine that you had that that kind of Odyssey thing, but where you also got rid of all of the walking from each challenge. Like mm, it was just mm. there's the, there are the challenges. There's no, it, we're not trying to compose it all into one coherent landscape. Mm. They're just islands. So, just just because I'm like having trouble, like Odyssey's just stuck in my head. Um, and I might be getting the cart in front of the horse here, but how would you compare it to Odyssey, like gameplay wise, like? I guess maybe map wise. I mean, it's definitely because these maps are just like islands. 
and the islands are more like courses from an older Mario, like a 2D Mario game. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very straightforward progression that you're doing through them. It has a very different feel to it. Okay. It, like it feels very different than the exploratory nature of Odyssey. And that's not to say there isn't stuff to explore. There are a ton of hidden things that you need to find if you want 100% it. Yeah, gotcha. But it's it's much more like... Definitely a Mario game. Yeah, it's definitely a Mario game. There's all sorts of little hidden courses that you can find if you're in the right spot or you see it up there. Like, oh, how do I get up there? And I get up there and then it triggers a race. Mm. But it, it's much more... Because there isn't a lot of set dressing, other than the decorations for the course, it's very clear what is and is not places you're supposed to go. Okay. So you never spend a while trying to wall jump up something that is nothing. Ah, okay. Because everything everything is there is for purpose. Hmm. As you're doing this, one of the other things that happens that's really interesting is that on a, on a semi-random timer, huge Bowser shows up again. Hmm. And you can make him go, and he'll just keep shooting laser beams at you and fucking you up and throwing fireballs and rocks at you. And you can make him go away either by collecting a cat shine, which activates one of the lighthouses, and he doesn't like the light. He's like, ah, and then he goes back (laughs) into the goo. Or you can use one of these giant gigabells. So... The the Mario 3D World games, the new thing they added was being a cat. You could be Cat Mario, and Cat Mario could run up walls, mm. and he could kind of paw at things in front of him, and he could run a little faster. He's great. <laughs> and you'd pick up a little, like a little bell that you you know he'd have around his neck, and that's what you would take and go around places. This Giga Bell turns you into twenty times tall Mario. Okay. As a cat. Oh. Right. And now you're basically just having a giant kaiju battle with Bowser <laughs> in the middle of a lake. Yeah, I can like, find that. Yeah, you're, you're huge. He's huge. But all of the structures of the islands are still there around you. Mm. So you're literally just towering over the levels, like three, four times their height, fighting Bowser as a giant kaiju battle. It's incredible as a, as a cat Mario. It's, it really just is so silly and over the top. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, you go through that, and you there's, like, I think uh, 100 total cat shines to collect. You don't need to collect all of them to get to the point where you fight Bowser finally. When you do get to the point where you have defeated Bowser once, it just shows you all the rest of them on the map. Oh, okay. It's, here you go. This is where they all are on the map. You still need to figure out how to get them. Yeah. Because some of them, you have to figure out the path up there or what. But, like, here's where they all are. So you you, you don't have to fuck around for 20 years trying to figure out what they like <laughs> it's just there have fun yeah that's that seems like a fair uh end game reward like you here's the treasure map like good yeah, do the rest exactly. of the stuff yeah have fun um the only other thing i will say is just why i think this is really well made there's a second player that that can play as bowser jr okay. bowser jr is almost plays like if you if you remember back to Sonic Two, where the second player could just take tails and run around. Yeah, but he couldn't like he, he could never hurt you in the game. He could only help help you. Yeah. So you can fly Bowser Jr. around in his little like floating hover car. He can take his paintbrush and hit enemies or hit blocks for you, collect stuff, and he also can carry five of every power up. So you've just got like almost like a utility belt of five fire flowers, five mushrooms, five cat bells, and others that huh. you can just call up whenever you need them. 
That's pretty cool. Rather than having to, like, run back to an area, like, oh, shit, this is an area I need to have uh, a leaf into the Tanuki suit for, so I need to run back to the other area to get one. No, you've got one in your pocket. Just grab it. And so, like, I, I, you know, I've got a four-year-old, and my four-year-old loved playing around as Junior Bowser because yeah. there was no risk to him, but he could help <laughs> out and, and have a good time. And it actually felt like he was doing something yeah, yeah. rather than, like, in Galaxy where you were just kind of pointing the thing around and collecting star bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'd like to see a renaissance of that sort. I Gears of War I talked about on this show a couple of years ago. They the, it's a two player game, like strictly two players, but you could load in a third player who played as like the robot mechanical. Have you played any of the Gears games? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the robot could like help you unlock doors and stuff, but usually you're just summoning up. But if you in- include a third player, they can do things like heal and res. But they it's like. It doesn't affect the gameplay in any way. It's, like, not a combat hero. It's just something a third player could do along with the two main players. And that's such a nice addition. I wish yeah. more games had that. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy how few do. Because um, it's it's essentially, like, an accessibility option. Like, Yeah. Like, why, why, why not just... I mean, I guess, that obviously, you have to render a whole fucking hero and program it. But I think it's worth it. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I think um, that for that reason and all the others that I stated, I think it's a it's a really great game. And you hmm. can 100% it, which I did in under eight hours. Oh, nice. So it was just like this little like nugget of really good, really fun Mario. Like here it is, <laughs> I 100% of the whole thing. All right, good, you're done. You don't need any more. You don't need to yeah. spend 20 hours trying to collect all of the moons and everything. Just you're, you're dismissed. So... Game gameplay wise, could you compare it to Odyssey? Is it more simple sort of platforming mechanics? Is it not that much platforming, et cetera, et cetera? Oh no, it's it's extremely platform heavy. Okay. Like it it is like it is all of the platform puzzles in Odyssey. Ah, uh, okay. Because it, it doesn't it doesn't have any of the like bring this to this person. Yeah. Or I you know go around and find these things and bring them back here. Okay. Like, that's a very small part of it. It is all the platforming puzzles. How do you get up there? How do you maneuver around these things? How do you use your abilities to get that area open, get to the other side of that? Unlo- you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Very classic Mario pl- puzzle platform okay. puzzling. So it makes sense that it got bundled with another sort of classic Mario game. Yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense that, okay. that they put that in there. And I, I'm shocked that this game... Is just being thrown in there as part of a bundle with like it just because it feels like a it, it feels like a completely new on its own game that could yeah. stand alone and you could sell it for you know half per, like a thirty dollar game. Well, hopefully some uh, cat burglar unlocks the Disney vault for us in a couple years and it escapes. <laughs> yeah, because unless you already have it, you're not going to be able to get it. Yeah, so. This, Did, this whole endorsement's not a great one. Yeah, so is there a physical version of the game? I guess it's worth noting. Yes, there is a physical version, okay. uh, so you can hopefully get that. So you get, you can go to GameStop, I guess? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if that's something, if that's something people still do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, any closing thoughts on uh, Bowser's Fury? No, I think, I think it's really good, and I think... Uh, Oh, I guess you should go out, go out and find a copy some kind of way. <laughs> Nintendo doesn't want to sell it to you, so you're okay to pirate it. Yeah, that's only fair, that, right? <laughs> that's my that's my take. <laughs> and the Nintendo sponsorship is gone. 
just <laughs> just inked it too. Damn. All right. Well, uh, guess guess we'll move on. Um, today I'll be talking about Loop Hero. Oh my God, Loop Hero. Oh my God, Loop Hero. This game came out of fucking nowhere. Unless you follow Devolver's uh, Twitter page, and then they tease things in such a weird way that you never really know what the <laughs> fuck you're looking at, but. I realized that they'd been, they'd been teasing this game for ages, and I just had no fucking clue what it was. And then it just mm-hmm. it just dropped, and there was a tremendous amount of hype, and I jumped right on the hype train. Loop Hero is an interesting game to describe. It's sort of like an an auto runner rogue light. Um, so what what you're controlling is pretty limited. Like it, the game plays out on its own, but you're controlling not only the gear you're wearing or the the camp that you're upgrading after each of these runs through the loop but you're also placing tiles you're building this world in like real time and the world's sort of reacting to how you are building it and there's some sort of story element that explains why this is but it's it's a bit impossible to tell you because it the the game sort of subscribes to the dark souls method of storytelling which is like it's this this very bleak world it's like basically the end times of like the, the fucking heat death of the universe and every little nugget of information you get is like super obfuscated and everyone's memories fucked up and yeah it, it takes a while for anything to sort of piece together and even when it does it's like sort of like the the anime trope like haha you know nothing stupid and then like it, it gets it just gets even more mysterious um but yeah it, it's just such such a unique refreshing sort of world the 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 loop itself in the name loop hero um is this procedurally generated path it's it's super linear and it just plops down in the middle of this giant grid and this this blank world and your hero um unless you tell it to stop moving your hero just keeps on going and keeps fighting and the the combat resolves itself and you can you'll, you'll obviously have to watch it but um it'll just keep going and going and obviously for you to be successful in this world you need to interact with it somehow right so this this goes back to the the placing of the tiles and the equipping gear um, the camp leveling obviously happens at the end of your run, and it's sort of traditional roguelite stuff. Um, you can unlock classes by upgrading the camp. You can upgrade, um, or you, you can you can get all sorts of buffs and boons that help you in your runs. Um, but you talk about you talk about placing tiles. What what kind of tiles are you talking about? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of different types of tiles. There's there's beneficial titles. There's uh, ti- tiles. Um, in, in the way of, um, rocks and mountains, these give you, uh, HP buffs. So your hero literally will get more HP if you, uh, have mountains and stuff on, on your map. Um, you have meadows that help you heal. Um, there, there's also a mechanic in the game. I should note that's like time is a major mechanic in the game. So as you're moving and in combat, time is always moving forward. So, um, these meadows will heal you uh, throughout the day or at, at the end of every day. Stuff like that. Um, you also have more nuanced tiles that you don't know if they're good or not. You'll have like vampire mansions that you can drop and you have to drop right along the tile. Whereas the mountains and the rocks you can plop all the way in the nether, all the way at the uh, total edge of your grid. Um, so you can drop other things like like the the 
the vampire mansion, like, uh, what are they called? Forests that are, like, directly on the the loop itself. And what they'll do is spawn uh, enemies right along your path. And the enemies, obviously, you don't want too many enemies because then your, your run is going to be fucking hard. But also you want to you want to find that perfect balance where you're killing them, you're getting a good amount of XP, a good amount of rewards and stuff without just swamping the map and overwhelming yourself. So fi- finding that perfect balance is one of like the many nuances to the game. Um, one of the things uh, that I think is... Th- I-, I think the nuance is the actual best part of the game, because the more you play, the more you learn just like how wrong you're playing it. <laughs> um, for example, I mentioned the rocks and the mountains. When you stack up, I think it's nine of them. Like, it'll build a mountain peak, and suddenly it's this super efficient version of what you're already plopping down, giving you HP. So you can get a lot more synergy and HP as an as a uh, result out of it. The meta- Is there a lot of that kind of, like, uh, interaction between tiles? Um interaction in in what regard like interaction with the tiles themselves or with the hero and the tiles no i I mean more like you talk about like getting a bunch of them together and they they combo into something else yes yes there is a shocking amount of it and you can you really can only learn by either reading a guide or playing it because again it's in in some regards it's very dark souls-esque it doesn't tell you how to do fucking anything so like the meadows i mentioned that help heal you for example if you put them next to other tiles in the game other than meadows it will become like blooming meadows and you'll get 50 percent more healing from it um there's some other synergies that i I never actually saw play out um because i read about i read a guide afterwards um there's there's so many of these like there's there's certain synergies with forests and stuff um there's the observatories, obviously, or obviously, I don't know what I'm speaking to, obviously. <laughs> there's there's observatories where essentially if you surround them by a meadow, you get like a shit ton of resources. And those are the resources that you use after your runs in the camp to upgrade things. So being being smart and efficient and learning all of the nuances of the tile placements is nine-tenths of the game, I would say. Um because you can obviously just plop down things and keep running and keep running and hope you get really good gear so that you can keep running and keep running. Or you can be super efficient with it, and then you can plop down more enemy tiles, and then you can farm more stuff and more XP and more resources so that you can have a truly efficient run. Um, yeah, um, it, whew, I need a breather. <laughs> Any questions for me before my next tangent? Uh, no, I mean, I, I've played the game, so I, I'm just trying to ask questions on you know, behalf of the listener, yeah. but I, I think you've done a good job explaining the general thrust of what makes it unique. Yeah, it's it's a truly unique game. If there's no other selling point to it than that, like you're you'll you'll you've never played a game like this. Um, <clears throat> one of the digs I will say about it is that it can be a little slow. You have this uh, time multiplier that affects everything like uh the speed speed movement of your heroes and the the time that progresses but and you can double it um i i found a lot of time that that just wasn't fast enough because you guys just sort of like tiktoks along the way um just it's it can take a while if you don't have things to do like if you go through a few combats and you don't earn any tiles or gear that you can compare and adjust and you know 
figure out what your move is, then you're just literally watching a guy, you know, TikTok down down the the loop. This is in this game is like a min maxer's dream. <laughs> it like, really is. The amount of delving into just obsessive stat uh, fiddling, I think, is just incredible. I've never yeah. played a game that I felt this compelled to <laughs> micromanage my stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every every time you discovered one of these like little little tricks, you're like. Oh how did I not notice this before? Like, what else am I doing wrong? And so then you you just find yourself experimenting more and more. It's like, how much more can I milk out of the grid? How, like, what what can I do better? Yeah, it's it's a min-maxer's dream. Like, you get this, like, rush of, like, uh, satisfaction from just na- efficiency when you, you do things correctly in the game. I heard someone on another podcast say that this is perfect for the kind of person who finds baseball interesting. Or finds like the sabermetric side of baseball interesting. <laughs> Saber. Uh, it, yeah, I could see that. What was the the primary argument? Oh, just in that same idea of like really looking at the minutia of the tiniest differences in stats. Yeah, and looking at you know going over a run. Well, if I had had two more defense and one more evade, and if I hadn't indexed so hard on vampirism, like just. Yeah, trying to figure out with every piece of gear that you pick up, what total, what your damage per attack is going to be. Yeah, is this is it better to get regen versus because regen is is based on time versus number of attacks. But if I do evade, like it does, just yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can obsess over it. Yeah, to yeah. to an unhealthy degree. Oh, for sure, and it should be noted that I I think there's only three classes in the game, unless there's one like secret ones way later on. Um, not that I've ever found. Yeah, that you get the warrior, the thief, and the necromancer, and they all not only do they have different like stat synergies, but they will use entirely different stats, and the loop will be completely different with the gear that they'll drop throughout. So every time you play, like you could essentially be playing a completely different way. Like everything you learned in that one that one method, like is great for a warrior, but then suddenly you're, you're on the same map with a different class, and it's like I need to figure out a new way to do things in, in closing uh i mean we've covered it all it's it's such an original cool cool game um i didn't mention the graphics much i think people might be surprised once they get on the loop uh it's very much like i, I don't know it's almost like atari level graphics I, what era would you say it's uh, from i think i think they look to me kind of like the zx spectrum like it's these okay. it's these little single color sprites. Yeah, yeah. That are like maybe ten by ten, ten pixel by ten pixel, or a little bigger. Yeah. That are, are walking around in the world, and it it's one of those games that you have this flood of information, but you very quickly learn how to visually parse away everything. Mm. Like y- you can very quickly look around. Okay, those are the moving parts I care about. Here's here are the three numbers I'm actually going to focus on this run. Yeah. It does a really good job, but I don't know if this is something that's intentional in its, like, how it doles out gear. But I feel like it almost... Maybe this is, this is probably all in my head and I'm going to sound really stupid. Uh, but if it it seems like if it notices you focusing on a specific stat, it will try to tease you away from that stat by giving you gear that is really high in a different stat. So, like, hmm. if, if you're going really high in, in vampirism it'll keep giving you more gear that is better and better for evasion by a higher metric. Yeah. 
that's probably all in my head. That, <laughs> yeah, I, that I don't know if I noticed that, but it's certainly possible. That sounds fake, or it sounds like way more work than anyone I mean, would ever put into a game. The thing but, about this game is, like, it's so thoughtfully crafted that I don't doubt that they did it. I, I, I personally haven't <laughs> noticed it, but it wouldn't fucking surprise me at all if the developers did that. It is really well, like... Everything is so well thought out. Yeah. Which I guess is something you could say about a lot of the Devolver games in general, is that they are usually very... Whether you have fun playing them or not, they're very well-made games. And they're games that are very... Very clear in purpose and in vision. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the case in point was Loop Hero, then like, he'd be 100% correct. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be one of those games like Monster Train was last year, where it will, it will just kind of be in the back of my mind for the entire year. Oh, God. I was literally playing Monster Train again today. I keep going back to it. I, I, I reinstalled it after we recorded that episode and, and started <laughs> playing, it, playing it again and again. And, like, just, it's so clever. Oh. It's so good. Oh, what a special game. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Loop Hero is also really good. Yeah, yeah. If you're curious this about is, why, how much this we is like Monster I, Train. This one needs to get out on the Switch, I think. Once it gets out there, I think that'll be... Because I, I don't think it's out for Switch yet. Yeah, I'm not and sure, this, but it's, it is perfect for it. This is a really perfect handheld game. Yeah, I think it's just out on Steam right now. Yeah, as I far think as so. I know. Yeah. And it is... If you're the kind of person that does a lot of second screen gaming, hmm. I this is, like, perfect for you. Because it's so... You can just kind of keep an eye on your game. Oh well, okay. Let's see what that is. Good. Oh, that's interesting. I'll grab that gear. I'll move that. I'll move that card there, and then let it run for a couple more minutes. Hmm. I'll come back to it in a minute. I've never heard this term before. Second, second screen gaming is that like when you uh, watch videos on one screen and then you're playing the game yeah. on the other, essentially. Yeah. Okay. You're watching TV. Or yeah, you're listening to yeah. a podcast, just like where the game isn't your primary focus. Okay. I, I was going to say, if, if that's the case, then that's 100% how I play it about 50% of the game. So, like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll vouch for that, indeed. Did you complete it? No, I finished, the, I did the first boss, and I got to the second boss. Um, I think there's only three bosses. Did you complete it? I'm working on the third, so okay. I don't know if there's one beyond that. I don't know how okay. far that goes. And this is, again, a, a kind of game where I would believe that it it would just keep unfolding more things to me as I played. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we're going to come back in two weeks, and I'm like, look, I'm on boss seven. I don't <laughs> know when this game ends. Yeah. I, I I will make one other knock, just just for the sake of, uh, you know, fair play. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of times I found that resource farming was a bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, sometimes you just have, like, a mediocre run, and then you'd finish the run and get all your resources, and you'd be like still so far away from getting an upgrade and you'd be like what the fuck <laughs> like holy shit like i felt like i got a lot of resources but just because i didn't like get 20 20 loops into the run or something it just it ends up feeling like an unsuccessful run entirely yeah and there's a lot of like you really have to if you want to play it most efficiently you have to really learn what everything does because yeah. it's about you know, if you to get certain things you need certain resources to get certain resources you need certain types of cards and certain types of cards or tiles to put down and so a lot of that kind of plays into the deck building aspect of it as well yeah, yeah. as well what class did you prefer i mostly played the warrior class okay just because i really enjoyed evasion and vampirism as um 
add-ons. Yeah. But I did I did a decent amount of the the Necro as well because that just that play style was so interesting to play through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What What about you? Um, I ended up playing a lot of the Thief. I I, oh, I just yeah. found that like high evasion build sort of worked out really well for me. Um, high evasion is really nice. Yeah, and the crits. <laughs> I th- I don't think any of the other classes had crits. Oh boy. I I don't think they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, a truly special game. Um, <laughs> if we had to rank it, I'd rank it uh number one out of the year. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, I I would also rank uh. Bowser's Fury at number one, but if Loop Hero were to be on my list, which it's not, but if it were, it would outrank Bowser's Fury. It's it is a better game by by all metrics. <laughs> there you go. Um, I guess we should like just because it's a new season, uh, the 2021 season. We should note why we why we talk about two games an episode and oh, yeah, what yeah. our what our mission is. Um, so we originally sort of conceptualized the podcast as. Uh, a game off uh two games pitted off against each other um we we sort of realized uh, later that games are so incomparable that it was insanity to do that um and also kind of unfair to a lot of games so we've ended up at this place now where we both rank our games that we've played individually and will then pit them off at the end of the year in our tournament of champions um, mm-hmm. so, so you're, you're catching the first episode. We don't have to rank them. There's only one, one of one. Yep. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty much the end of the episode. But yeah, if, if you're curious, find out where, where our previous seasons start. Um, I guess the best way to do that is to find out where the tournament of champions falls and then, you know, go plus one, uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to find the, the beginning of the next season. Cause I don't think there's any other markers to do so. Um, no, I don't. I don't think I couldn't even guess off the top of my head which is which. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know one started the 2019 season, and then um, episode 45 yep. is the end of the 2020 season. So somewhere in there, we did a, a, a first and a second tournament of champions. So yep, year three. Glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> here, here we are. D- doing it again. Doing it again. <laughs> oh, the, they they can't kill us that easily. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, let let's close this joint out. Uh, thanks for watching, uh, Andy. What you got going on and whatnot? Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Andy's getting out of a chair. That's his main <laughs> oh. his main task right now. Yeah. No. Uh, not a not a ton going on right now. Hopefully, have some more to plug in following weeks. What about you? I recently started doing the YouTube thing, uh, just just playing around. I put up a couple videos on this new channel called RPGG. I mentioned it earlier as a pseudonym. Um, so yeah, real easy to spell. I, I'd appreciate any extra subscribes and likes. They really go a long way because YouTube's algorithm is like straight up cancer if you're just starting out. Um, so yeah, RPGG. Four letters. Google that. Really, really good videos. Your one, especially on the um, on Yakuza Like a Dragon, got me so close to actually playing that game. <laughs> like I, I, I very genuinely considered it for a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the whole channel started as sort of a, a passion project to, to preach the, the good word of Yakuza. So I, I spent a lot of time on that video. Um so that, and, that, and that that whole series is available on Game Pass now, right? Isn't it? 
Uh, seven, seven is not. So that that one in that video is not, but every other one is. Yes. Okay, so I've got I've got some time to catch up to all the others before I, I jump into seven when that gets released. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good. Just I'll, knock a couple of those out. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly. Um. I, I guess they're all kind of shorter games as as beat 'em ups. Uh, I'm not gonna start talking about Yakuza. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I did a, I did another video on the RPGs coming out uh, this season. It's it's sort of I wanted to to focus in on RPGs specifically just so I had like a, a I don't know a foundation of content um, and work within that realm and then maybe expand later. So third mm. video coming soon. Check out the first two. Thanks. Yada yada yada. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, this has been Game Off episode 46. I've been Brent, aka Arcadia, aka RPGG, along with. Uh, I've been Andy, aka Solitalker, aka Yes Andy, aka Rowdy, 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 Rowdy Diaper. I'm going to stick with it. You know, it's, I, I think it's got some legs. <laughs> All right, that's it. See you guys. Bye.